everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters for a third time. Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy you the kind of misery you prefer. My name is Matt, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Uh, dude, I was really pumped, but just you getting through that catchphrase. I really... know. That's why I said a third time. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm drinking Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon? Sauvignon. Uh, brand? Uh, it's the four ninety nine brand uh, from A <laughs> Yes, the Trader Joe's brand, or no? Uh, would you say A and P? Yeah, it's it's like Joseph's Log Cabin or something, something okay. like ridiculous. So cheap ass Cabernet Cabernet so- Sauvignon. You have to you have to hold your nose when you say Sauvignon Sauvignon. Uh, okay, I am uh, getting through my second cup of coffee of the day, uh, black and tan. So, um, I'm a little wired, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. So, we'll see how this goes. Hopefully, it'll help improve my reading skills, because today is five questions. So, before we get started with that, catchphrase is, money can't buy happiness, but it can buy you the kind of misery you prefer. I really almost, wanted it to say... Almost messed it up again. I know, because I wanted to say, it can buy you all the misery you prefer. And what does it say? Uh... Buy you the kind of misery you prefer. Anyway, that was sent in by Greg. Thank you so much, Greg. And you can send those in via Twitter. It's at Money Matters Man. That's our Twitter handle. Uh, so let's just jump into it, dude. Yeah. If you're ready. I want to take a sip of coffee real quick. Dude, born ready. Born identity. That's right. That means nothing. Okay, five questions. Number one is from Jessica. Oh, here we go with the... <laughs> With the reading skills. <laughs> I'm going to get really close to my computer. That way I can see because I'm very distanced from it. Hold on. Sliding in. Oh, yeah. The caffeine is full force. Okay. Suspense is killing us. Man. Is it? Is it? But before we get started with the question. No, okay. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around why it wouldn't be a good idea to pay my home off as soon as possible. We have a home financed at 5%, and in my mind, I want to get debt-free as soon as possible. I understand that if I were to pay pay it off, I am basically putting all my eggs in one basket for a certain amount of time, and my money isn't really growing. I guess I hear the scenario like this. If I were to pay off my house early, I don't benefit from it at all. However, if I were to invest the money and make the average 7%, once I paid off my house in 25-ish years from now, I would make 2% net rather than making 0% by paying my house off early. Uh, do you have a response there? Or? <laughs> oh, shit. We have to answer that one. Yeah. Um, so I think 5% is a little bit high, but I still stick with the fact that – well, let me put it to you like this. If you um, paid off your home mortgage, yes, you would save 5%, and that's a consistent 5%. Not it's only not- that, you'd be saving every month with your mortgage payment. You wouldn't be paying that mortgage payment. In the future, yes. right. So, I mean, if you overpaid, um, I don't know, maybe you're going to bring it from 25 years to, to 20 years, or I don't know, maybe you're super aggressive, you bring it down to 10 years. Uh, either way, you're going to finish in a very long time. And uh, one of the things also that doesn't get counted into that interest rate is uh, the federal government actually encourages you to take out a mortgage because they, they subsidize it by giving you uh, tax benefits. So your, your interest on your mortgage can be written off on your taxes. So it's a little bit lower than what the actual rate is. And 
I guess from my perspective, um, and obviously, you know, uh, everyone has their own opinion, but I would prefer to optimize my cash flow now, right? Um, and the thing is also that if I'm putting extra money into the house, it's not reducing my payment, it's reducing my term. If I had a lump sum of money that I could then say refinance with, like lump sum in a principal and reduce my payment, that might be something I would go for. But uh, I, I'm I'm doing other things like a 401k, IRA, investing. That's my planning for 25 years from now. Um, and of course, the whole risk of the house going into flames and or not being able to sell it if you need the money, you know, if you're sick or something. Yeah, I think that's kind of. I mean, I'm I'm in the, I'm in a very similar situation. My my house is at 4.5 percent. I have about 25 years left on the mortgage. Uh, it's a, it's right now my, uh, I'm at $148,000 left mm-hmm. and I'm putting money into, I'm not, I'm not putting any extra money towards it. Uh, but I did refinance and bring it down to 4.5 cause it was at 5.8. Uh, but my refinance wasn't just a, it was a, a streamlined refinance, which means basically switched banks didn't extend my term and lowered so my monthly lower payments. Rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And lower rate. Right. Uh, so I'm, this is a tough one because I'm going to say that, yeah, you can keep the house, uh, going, paying it off early is great, but I would be at least putting your max in your IRA, whatever your company matches for your 401k first and foremost, right? Mm. And if you can put extra money towards you're you know paying down your house off early then i would absolutely do that right so mm. because uh, it's not a bad thing it's n- not like you're doing something wrong by paying extra on your mortgage mm-hmm. yeah it's I, just a consideration that you won't be able to access that money in any near term r- unless you take out a home equity loan Right, and who knows how you know, long yeah. until that closes, yeah, right? Yeah, and I don't want A couple weeks or... Yeah, and that's not a good idea either. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I my, my... See, here's the thing. So, uh, if you're at least putting money away into your investments, but you have some extra cash, mm. I would put it towards your mortgage. Why not? And and just one, one last thing. Like, uh, while every year will not be like this year, and we're saying average 7% because uh, it's actually a little bit higher... Couple people pointed out, but we'd rather be conservative, underestimate. Well, it's higher, and then you got to take into consideration that time moves forward, and when time moves forward, so does inflation. True, uh, but I was just going to say, um, you know, there are years like this year, uh, we're, we're over twenty percent gain. You know, then the year's not even over. Um, so if you're putting the money to pay down your home, yeah, you get 5%. Of course, this could be a year that it was down, but you know, it's roughly four times better this year yeah. to put in the market. Yeah. The tough part about paying off your house early, um, is yeah. The idea of putting, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Uh, and, but you know, you really can't. Diversifying is important. Man. Yeah. But you really can't, which is fine. This is why I say, you know, do the 401k, do the IRA, uh, or if you use Betterment or, wh- or whatever you use for your investments, you absolutely should be doing that for sure. Uh, but don't use it um, as a – don't use it as I make more money in the stock market than I would paying off my house because as soon as you pay off your house, you've just freed up a lot more money to start investing really fast. 
And you could go from paying $500 a month to if your mortgage is $1,500 a month, now you're, you can put in $2,000 a month and like speed up things exponentially. So true. But if, say, this starts happening 25 years from now, you're going to lose out on a lot of exponential growth. And, uh, well, if what, it's at 7% and, and, you know. Well, so I'm saying, so if you paid off your house, it's going to take you many years until it's done. You know, I'm going to say at least 10 to pay off your remaining 25 years. And then you've missed on 10 years of exponential growth, whereas your house, uh, I mean, this, the stats show uh, back in like the 70s and 80s and stuff, home growth was huge. It was like uh, the best investment you could you could put your money in, but it's not so much these days. Yeah, but that, but I'm, I'm not so concerned about be making money by selling the house. Like if you paid off your mortgage, you have now no debt, so you have no credit card debt, no mortgage, you have no – and if you have no car payment, oh my god, you're in the greatest situation ever – and you have money flowing into your investments, right? Uh, if you had, if you were putting more money into your investments than you were into your house, so let's say you pay your house off, and now you have a lot of extra money to be putting towards your investments, and then your investments are make, you know working twice as hard for you, then that's a good thing. And it depends. I would say it depends on also how old you are, right? So if it's if you're young, and you know you want to start tucking some money away for, in, you know, for your retirement. Then, I mean, I think you should be. I think you should be doing both. I think you should be mm. trying to pay off your mortgage as fast as possible. I think you should be putting money towards your uh, investments. You should be trying to get out of debt, all debt, uh, as much as fast as you can. So I'll tell you what. There, there's no wrong answer. Uh, that's definitely not a wrong answer. Personally, I, I would. I, I figure I'm building equity slowly, anyways, through my payments. I, I would prefer to invest personally. I'm going to um, go the other but, way. All right. Because well, I think you should. I think then you should put your money with your mouth where your mouth is and do that with your own money. I am. When? What, it's it's my part of my plan is to pay off my car, mm. right? I told you about that, and we're gonna do an episode on it. And then my next plan is to pay off the house. That's my. Well, that'll be my. Well, final. let me ask you this: what what has a higher interest rate? Uh, the house does. So shouldn't you pay off the house? Well, first? the house is a lot. Well, hey. That's yeah, such I understand, life. but I can get the car paid off much faster, and the car depreciates. So I want to get that just out of the way and just run it into the ground and take that $300 a month and start putting it towards either investments or split it investments in my house. Mm. And I might even refinance. What, uh, what interest rate is your, your car? I, I don't, I can't find the number. They will, mm. I cannot find the number on the website. I can't find it on the uh, statement. It does not say, but I can tell you that this month, this month's payment, I paid $12 on a $300 car payment. So pretty damn low. Mm. Uh, so Jessica, you know, we really didn't give a clear answer because I kind of well, went look, the other we way can, with it. We could conjecture over this like forever, but I, I think uh, – I think paying off the house is a good thing. All right. I, 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 I mean, I stick to my guns. I, I think that uh, the house being a very illiquid asset, it would be hard to get your money back when you need it. Investments are extremely liquid. Um, they are frequently perform better than uh, the rate of your debt. Um, but if it makes you feel good – and uh, you're going to have some plan to pay it off really quickly, then you don't go for it. That's if you have no other debt, by the way. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't that's start. That's actually key. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't start paying off your house. That's the last thing you should be paying off. And the thing is, like, if you're overpaying your mortgage, you have extra money, and you're doing that instead of spending it, it is not a bad decision. Yeah. Like, by any means. So, All right, Jessica, anyways. I hope that helps in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and so that's our one question episode. That's <laughs> it. No, we're going to move on to Gregory. Uh, he says, this might sound like a crazy idea, 
but I'd like to learn about ways to set up a retirement account for young kids. I have a niece and nephew as well as a godson that I want to give something to. Their parents don't really need anything, and I thought it would be a cool idea, especially since the the compounding interest must be mind-blowing over 60-plus years. I just have no idea how to even set that up. That's an awesome question, and that's like the thought behind that is really awesome. Yeah, it is. I wish someone did that for me. (laughs) Uh, I can tell you that... uh, well, I mean, what do you would you would you say? What do you think? Uh, I think there's like one best answer, and uh, because you know there's money there, but uh, you could you could do the thing where you have a savings account and it's in custodian because in custody rather of the parents, mm-hmm. but then you never know if the parents are just going to take it and right. buy like crack cocaine with it or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, the vehicle, the legal vehicle that's really made for this is a trust. And uh, you could set specific terms like um, little Jessica can't – sorry, that just pulling the name for the first question. Little, little Jessica can't uh, you know, tap this money until she's 20 or until she's 40 or until she has her first kid or w- until you die or whatever the, the terms are. Uh-huh. So you could be very specific. Like if you wanted to compound – um, you could say, well, they have to be 35 because maybe it's going to be a lot of money and I want to make sure they find their way in life before they get a windfall well, of cash. Well, he's saying a retirement account. So if it's a retirement account, then you could set a trust up so that they're um, when they're 60 or something, then they can live life as ballers for the 60 years or 40 years that they work. Uh, I, I think trust is really key because there's legal uh, stuff around it. Well, speaking of legal stuff around it, can he set up a trust for someone that's not his own kid? Yeah, Because he's absolutely. talking about his niece, nephew, and his godson. Yeah. Okay. I can set up a trust for you if I wanted to. I will never do uh, that. Oh, but, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I'm sorry, but I don't love you that way. Whatever. But, uh, you know, lots of places do it. Uh, I actually do know that Betterment does it. And uh, I've talked with our people there. And they said, if you have questions, you could email us. We'll put you in contact with them or just email them directly. Um, otherwise, like I think a, a lawyer might be involved. Now, how about this idea? Mm. What if instead of a retirement account, you maybe invested in an ESA or a 503B, I believe it's called? I was going to say ESA. Yeah. I, I guess I don't know if it's that. But that, that could be a really good one too. You know, do it um, as a college for, for thing. College. Yeah. yeah. Although I'm going to be uh, devil's, devil's advocate here. I'm going to say... Will there be college in 30 years from now? Yeah, see, whatever? what I don't know is that if they end up not going to college, what happens to that money? That's a good question. Um, I think if you withdraw from it, and uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I was talking to some people. I'm pretty sure if you withdraw from it, uh, you get, not for school, you get normal tax. Right, and if you like whatever use it for school, it's non-tax. Is, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so, so it's not like you get penalized. You just would get taxed where right. you wouldn't have. Yeah. Which you would get on a trust, I imagine. Yeah, so it would just act like normal money. So there's a thing. If you don't want to have them uh, wait till they're 60 years old, you're you're long dead. They're 60 years old. Well, hopefully you're not long dead. But uh, they're 60 years old, and you know they have all this money, and they're like, Uncle Greg, uh, I didn't – wow, I'm a 60-year-old man, and I didn't even realize you were doing this all this time. Uh, but I think the college thing would be a good idea. Yeah. And you know what? If you, if you do that and they get to tap it when they're relatively young but responsible, they might instead call you Uncle Gregory Moneybags. There you go. You never yeah. know. 
So I uh, <laughs> hope that helps. I thought that was that's a good question. I like that. And good for you, Gregory. Good for you. Hmm. Uh, this next one's from Danny. Hey, dudes. Got something for a possible five questions episode. Oh, well, the irony. Well, so I have a Betterment account, 401k maxed, no debt, and I was wondering your thoughts on their Loyal 3 program. I know you guys don't advocate active trading, but I recently put in a few hundred for GoPro, GoPro for giggles, and I made some money, kicking myself that I didn't put more into that. Uh, but anyway, let me know what you think. Thanks, guys. So what is Loyal 3? Uh, I believe that is shit. I looked that up back when he emailed me, which was a while ago. It, it's like uh, an investing tool. It's basically fee-free investing. Um, it's, it's called Loyal 3, IPOs for all, same price as Wall Street, start with $100, blah, blah, blah. And it's basically a way for you to buy IPOs. Uh-huh. Um, with no so trading this, fees. Right. And good. No, no, go ahead. Um, look, uh, one, one, another, uh, listener, Grace emailed about the GoPro, uh, IPO. Yeah. And is that out? Met, um, I actually don't know, to be honest, if GoPro actually IPO'd yet, you know, and there's like Alibaba people have asked about yeah. and, you know, all the, all these companies and, um, there, there is research that uh, it is profitable in general if you average out across all IPOs. To invest in IPOs, like you, you will make out, they say. Um, Depending on the all, company, though, of course. Right, but uh, lately that has not been the case. Um, if you think when Google IPO'd, you know, they IPO'd, um, and then in weeks and the months following, it was just like up, 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 and up. And then you look at something like Facebook, and the IPO'd, and it tanked for quite a while. And uh, it, I think it really comes down to the fact that uh, the companies are much greedier now or much smarter now than they used to be. Because think of it like this. So you, you have 100 shares, say, right? And you're going to IPO. So the company owns the shares, and you can IPO at $50 a share. So you make, um, what is that, $5,000. Or... If you think people will buy it, you could IPO at $100 a share, you know, double the amount of money you make as a company. And then who cares? Because once it's sold into the public, they don't really care if it's up or down or whatever. They just want the money for the IPO to run the business. So lately, companies like Facebook have been maximizing it like, to the hilt uh, at the whatever of short-term investors. Like we've been, They're trying to raise money. They're trying to raise yeah. capital. I think it's risky. I think if you think GoPro is an awesome company in the long term, sure. But I wouldn't go into it for the IPO thinking that you're going to get rich because of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think my advice here is, yes, we do not advocate active trading. That's true. Uh, you do have your 401k maxed up. You have no debt. You have your Betterment account. You are investing into uh, you know, these indexes, and that's good. If you have some extra money that you want to play with, and you want to, and you really believe in GoPro, and you own a GoPro, and you know what GoPro is all about, and you want to do it through the Loyal Three program and not pay the trading fees. I can't tell you not to do that, because I mean, look at somebody like Andrew who bought Tesla and Apple because he truly believed mm. in those companies. You didn't buy them at the IPO, or I don't know if no. you bought Tesla at IPO, did you? No, no, no. But I bought them at the fires. Yeah, I bought Pandora at the IPO, and if I would have held it, it would have 
I would have made money, but I did. You would have been profitable, right? Yeah. yeah, not much. I mean, I only put like six hundred bucks in, but mm. yeah, I, I would have been, I would have been positive. But I, uh, I moved my money over from Sirius to uh, Pandora because I really thought Pandora was going to be in every car by now, and it's mm. still not. It's it's getting there, but it's not there yet. You bought Pandora, and you were surprised like three weeks in that every car didn't have it. Yeah, <laughs> I, it was, and I, this is before I knew anything. So yeah. Stay a bit. That's why I said do the research on GoPro. I mean, I own a mm. GoPro. Uh, I thought they were owned by Sony, but I, I, I did not. They were not, obviously. Uh, so I would just say do your research. If you have some extra money, you want to just mess around. I mean, it's diversification in a way. Uh, just don't keep moving shit around. I actually do think they went uh, public, though, because I remember seeing the picture I do too. of them in front of the NASDAQ thing. I mean, we could easily Google this and find out. We could, but I'm not going to. Why not? <laughs> Just do it. Why, why are you not doing it? Because I'm reading questions. Oh man! And I'm relaxed right now. Got my legs crossed. <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm gonna. Uh, uh, well, so I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's up over a hundred percent apparently. Well. Well. So it is. It is, and it has been IPO'd. It has IPO'd. And uh, look, it just comes down to the fact, like, who knows? I mean, it could go up 100%. It it's could a gamble. Down. Yeah, and that's the thing is, in the short term, uh, anyone's guess is as good as mine. In the long term, if it's a solid company, you know, good choice. But hey. All right, Danny, thanks for your question. Appreciate it. And uh, this next one's from Joanne, and it's kind of long, so bear with. Uh, I know it's not much of a conversation starter compared to having $1,000 or $10,000 extra, uh, but I have an extra $150 in my pocket from overestimating my bills in August. Should I use it to pay down my high interest credit card, which is at 20%, or to reimburse my former roommate for utilities? Uh, Los Angeles and water and power, or the, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Department of Water and Power had a major lag in billing for a few months, so we finally been hit with the bill. My share is about 150 bucks. Uh, if I use this towards my credit card, I'd feel the $150 was a drop in the bucket. The balance is $3,000, but at such a higher interest rate. I would also have to pay my roommate anyway by pulling from my meager emergency savings. Okay, I'm, on, I'm done reading this. Uh, give it to the roommate. Pay mm. your utilities. You know what I'd say? What? I'd say take $150 out of your emergency savings and pay both. No. Why not? Well, how much is an emergency savings? And what if she has an emergency? Okay, so she has $3,000 in debt, so clearly she had no problem digging herself into debt when there wasn't an emergency, and I'm sure that the credit card will still be there if there is an emergency so she could dig herself into a hole if shit happens. But right now that she's not in a terrible situation, uh, mathematically it makes sense to pay down you know, debts that have high interest rates or just debts in general. But. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I mean, I definitely think you should pay your roommate uh, for the bill. You have to pay your bills, right? Mm. You don't want to, you don't want you, bad You live with her. Yeah, the you don't want. car company, you could dodge. Or, who, but, or whoever it is. We don't know if it's a man or a boy or a girl. Right, it. You live with it. <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would definitely pay them 150 bucks for the utility bills. Get that out of the way. Um, yes, if you have an emergency fund, I mean, you should keep some money. I mean, because you never know. Right, your tire blows in your car, something happens. Uh, your but, credit card. But huh? Charge it on your credit card. Yeah, clearly. Charge it on my yeah, card. yeah, she has a twenty percent interest and a balance of three thousand dollars. Do not add more to that at all. No, that I guess the dumb. point is you could use the emergency fund to pay down the credit card and do without the interest, and then should shit hit the fan, 
you do always have the credit card, you know, but hopefully because emergencies don't happen that often in life, like yeah, what, two to three months. You can't say that. Dude, my dad just got a flat tire today. Okay. I mean, it, just happen, it happened in my own life. Do, doesn't he have a, a donut in the back of his, in like his trunk? Yeah, I'm sure that's what he did, but he now he has to go to, to the tire company tomorrow. Yeah, so then he could wait a month, he could save up or, you know, whatever. Yeah, but if he has a balance on his credit card and he's not paying it off and it's at 20 freaking percent, I would not be using my credit card to, to pay that. I would just be using cash. That's how I feel. Well, then, then it goes into the question. You have $150 saved for a new tire, and it's sitting there for months and months and months because you're waiting. And just in case you blow a tire, it's doing nothing. The well, she says she, has a, she says she has a meager emergency savings. So meager, I'm assuming, is not – I mean, it depends. I don't, I don't know what meager means in this scenario, but uh, it's – It sounds like $3,000 is a lot to her, and then if that's a lot to her, 20% interest on that is going to be a lot. Yeah, you should get that debt down. But uh, because the but thing you got to pay uh, your roommate. You got to do that. Oh yeah, you got to pay your roommate first because that that person is close to you. It's a friend. But not only that, I mean, I guess I guess you I'm use that energy already and that water. True. I guess I'm questioning the the emergency fund as opposed to paying down the debt. Because if but if it's one hundred fifty dollars is a big deal, you know the the interest every month is going to be very painful. Yeah. It's going to be painful anyways, but especially to, in her situation. So. Right. All right. Well, Joanne, pay your roommate. That's the priority. Pay your bills. Mm. Don't, don't, don't lag on your bills. Um, and then the last question we have here. That was that five? Okay, yeah. It's from a guy named, or, or girl, I don't know. It's a guy. Thank you. <laughs> but it's an awesome first name. I know. I, I emailed him, and I was like, dude, awesome first name. <laughs> So this is from Ransom, which is it, it's almost uh, appropriate for a personal finance podcast because it has to do with money, doesn't it? <laughs> it just reminds me of the Mel Gibson movie. I'm thinking of Rand from uh, the Chuck Palahniuk. It's like a I know who book, Chuck. Yes. Yeah, well, he wrote Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. Choke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking of the movie where the kid pees himself because he's uh, he hears the voice of the. Of uh, Oh, God, what's his name? Uh, of Mice and Men, Lieutenant Dan. Not, not impressed, Matt. Get, not. Get, uh, ah, it's going to kill me now. Anyway, <laughs> back to Just Ransom's question. Right uh, I'll figure it out. It'll hit me. Uh, I'm currently a college student and as such don't have much of an income. Uh, I have an on-campus job that nets about 200 bucks a month, and I'd love to start investing some of that money now. I'm currently 19, so that I can take advantage of compound interest. I have opened an account with Betterment, as you guys recommend it, and while I love the convenience of the service, because of the small amount of my contributions, 25 to 50 bucks per month, I am in the fee bracket where I'm being charged $3 a month for, $3 a month for the service. Given that, by your estimates, I can expect to make an annual return of around 7% over the long term. Does it currently make financial sense for me to be investing this money through Betterment, or would I be better off pay- putting the money into a savings account? A hard-to-access one, such as a Capital One 360, which I currently have, and waiting to invest until I have enough base capital uh, to be in a different fee bracket. Is there another investing route that would make more sense in my situation? So I think um, it's super short term. You know, you're going to put it in. You're not. You're going to have to pull it out in like two months, eight months, fifteen months. 
then you know may, maybe it is better off in a savings account because who knows what's going to happen in the short term. But if you're going to keep it in there for a little bit, you know, two years and, and beyond, dude, throw it in an investment account. Maybe, maybe the look the fees on Betterment for the lowest bracket is 035 percent. So kind of high, um, but uh, and I think I think it changes at like ten thousand dollars or five thousand or something. No, like it that. No, it changes at ten. At ten. Yeah. Um, but uh, you could always go into something like Vanguard. Go to Vanguard.com, open up an account. It's free. There are no transaction fees. You can invest in the lowest tier of like the total. Ah, shit. I think there's a minimum on that there too. There is. I have a better idea. Huh. Uh, if you have an iPhone, try uh, Acorns. God. Wait, say it again. I think I was talking about Yeah, one. try Acorns if you have an iPhone. Because uh, Acorns will let you deposit these little bits uh, of money without um, this $3 a month fee. And when you're in the lower tier bracket of Betterment, it, it's actually cheaper for Acorns. Yeah. Um, and the reason it's cheaper is because they don't submit all the orders immediately. They wait until there's a, a critical mass or a certain amount of many orders, and then they place them. Yeah. So they, so they keep it cheap. Uh, so try that. I mean, I think you should stick with Betterment personally. Uh, I would not be – I wouldn't – I mean, you could you could save – the money in the savings account when you have a hundred dollars and then pop that into betterment. But I, you can, no, I, I just, just put it in $5 yeah. at a time. $8 is 50 you know. bucks a month is, is not bad. It's, it's, mm. it's a start. And I think you should do it. Yeah. Okay. You good. I'm good. Thank you. Ransom for that question. And uh, thank you to everyone else, Jessica, Gregory, Danny, uh, Joanne and Ransom, thank you guys for all of your questions. And if you have more questions and you want to hear them right on the show, or if not, it doesn't matter, you can just email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And if you like the show, of course, you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcasting app that you like to listen to us through. You can subscribe. And subscribe helps us climb the ranks so mm. that more people can find us and help us keep the lights on here. I can <laughs> see Andrew has no lights on where he is. <laughs> Did you not pay your bills? Uh, no, I paid my bills. Okay. Just, uh, I, you know, I just have to light the candles, and then I have to take my shirt off. Oh, no, we're not be- doing that. <laughs> Turn off the video. Anyway, uh, and if you guys like this show, please leave a review on iTunes. And uh, I'm going to read one. It's kind of a long one, but it's by Samuel16 from Canada. That's awesome. <laughs> Anybody who's from another country, I'm like, that's great. I love well, that. Whenever I hear Canada, I just think of the South Park song. Blame Canada. Oh, that's... Anyway, the title of this review is, If you're looking for somewhere to begin, you have found it. Five stars. This is a great podcast that makes it so easy to start learning about personal finance. I've always told myself that personal finance is a great skill to have, but never knew where to start. Just subscribe to their podcast. Wink. I'm, I'm, I'm adding the wink. There. <laughs> Even if you don't have a ton of time to catch up, it doesn't matter. Their titles make it easy to choose and pick what topics you want to learn about. Content-wise, this podcast is really what we make it. You know? Uh, I'm going to continue reading that, but I, I want to highlight that mm. point again. Yeah. Uh, they are willing to do whatever topic their listeners want, uh, the topic that people are struggling with. The dynamic of their relationship adds so much to the show because when they ask a question, it's often the same question that you would have wanted to be asked. In the case that you still have a burning question at the end of the podcast, just shoot them an email. They are more than happy to help you out. Keep up the good work. So thank you, Samuel16. And I want to just point out in this this is in this great review, mm. content-wise, this podcast is really what we make it. And that's 
absolutely true. Wait, wait, but when you say we, it's not me and you. Yeah, that's correct. It's it's you. Everyone listening. This podcast is what (laughs) you make it. Yes, you can subscribe. Yes, you can pick and choose episodes. Although we'd like you to subscribe because that's super beneficial for uh, the the growth of the podcast. We we, we do pick some episodes, but... uh, in the beginning, there were not many emails, and we picked our own stuff. Largely, as of late, the topics and the guests are are determined by the listeners. Yeah. They, they ask for people, or they ask for topics to be covered, and, and it's our job. We do it. Exactly. So if you guys have questions or you have guests that you'd like us to interview, like Mr. Money Mustache was a guest that got asked about a lot, and we mm-hmm. got him on the show, uh, you can email those into listenmoneymatters at gmail.com, and we will absolutely get to them for sure or you can even contact us on facebook and twitter so twitter is at money matters man and facebook is facebook.com slash listen money matters and i just want to say that uh we love doing the five questions episodes and we don't answer every question we answer what we think are the best or most interesting questions if you want more of the episodes just ask us more questions and diverse questions because we yeah. don't want to answer the same, ask, exactly. you know, answer the same question over and over. Uh, and guys, check out our website, listenmoneymatters.com. And if you want to see all the cool resources we use, we mentioned Vanguard, Acorns, and Betterment on the show today. Uh, did we mention anything else? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Uh, but you can check out listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox for all of those resources. There's books and all that good stuff. So thanks again for hanging out with us, and we look forward to the next episode later, Andrew. Later, Matt.